0: Hello, and welcome back to Top the Horror Movie. My name is Brecker, and today on the show, I am joined by Aureline of the podcast Spooky and Strange to talk about A Nightmare on Elm Street from 1984. Hello, Aureline. How are you doing?
1: Hello. I have now seen this movie for the first time.
0: It's kind of shocking to me that you've gone this long <laughs> without, without <Decades>. seeing it.
1: Decades. <laughs>
0: Uh, I'm very excited to talk about uh, A Nightmare on Elm Street. This is one of my favorite horror movies. It's definitely in my top 20 list. I'm not mm-hmm. sure where. Maybe top 10, maybe top 15, something mm-hmm. like that. Okay. I uh, There's just so much about this movie that I think it's great. And I was having so much fun going back to this earlier this week when I rewatched it. My goodness. But uh, yeah, so this, this was your first time watching A Nightmare on Elm Street. What, what, what did you think? You, what were you expecting going in and how are you on the other side?
1: Okay. Expectations going in were based almost entirely on parodies. So, I mean, it's been parodied in like Rick and Morty and Family Guy and like everything everywhere, right? And so all I was expecting was like a slasher with a crazy guy with a knife hand like, that's all I was expecting. It's just like, he's just going to fuck off a bunch of people. you knew kind of the, about the dream angle. Kind of.
0: Okay. Okay, so so that part was the, the mystery, too. I thought that was like the most widely known thing about this, about the, the whole dream part of it.
1: I mean, I kind of knew, but I didn't... I don't know. You hear so many little bits and pieces about things, and then you're like, is that this movie? Is that that movie? And when you haven't seen it, you don't really have <laughs> something to attach it to. So you're just like... I don't know <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, uh so so going into it, though, or you know, coming out of it did, did 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 those expectations like did they meet your expectations or did they surpass it, or it was it was a lower where you add on it?
1: So better than I thought in a lot of ways, the one thing I didn't like was the pacing, but pretty much everything else I was into.
0: Oh, really? The pacing was the issue for you. Okay.
1: Yeah, I didn't love the pacing, but I love Nancy. Damn, she's cool.
0: (laughs) Nancy's great. I love love how much of a, you know, she's into survival. That's one of my favorite quotes. I love that. When she
1: said that, I was like, yes, I already liked you, but now I love you. And then when (laughs) she goes like home alone in the end, I was like, yes, Mm -hmm. loved her.
0: Exactly. You just took the words out of my mouth. I, cause I know Home Alone is one of your favorite movies. And yes. it's like the ending is very Home Alone esque. I was like, oh, she's gonna, or at least gonna love this part when she just sets all really these booby did. traps. <laughs> it's great. And Nancy is one of those, Nancy Thompson, she's one of those final girls that fights back, very much like Sydney yeah. Prescott, another Wes Craven fi- final girl.
1: Yes. So if I had to sum this up, it, this movie, from my view here in 2023, it feels like if the original Halloween and Scream had a baby, it's this movie.
0: Oh, I like that. I like that. That's, that's very cool. Yeah, because I mean, Carpenter's or I'm sorry, not Carpenter Craven. It's obviously kind of taking a lot of the tropes from like the mm-hmm. 70s and like, you know, 80s slashers of like the, you know, is focusing on teens parents aren't necessarily involved i definitely want to talk about the parents in this movie
1: yeah i like that aspect i think Wes craven is good at teenagers
0: he is and i i wonder why that is i mean his upbringing was very like he grew up like in a very like conservative like religious household and he wasn't really allowed to watch movies Mm. he he said he didn't really watch movies until he was in college
1: so I bet he did a lot of people watching.
0: Yes, I think so. <laughs> oh, oh, that that's interesting too. A lot of people yeah, watching. He observed also
1: like, people and their interactions and their conversations.
0: And maybe like with because I love that the you brought up a scream because I've seen scream countless times. And then so I, mm-hmm. I saw scream first before I saw a nightmare on Elm Street. And watching a nightmare on Elm Street, I just kept going. Oh, I just like feel so much scream. Yeah, in this movie, you know, b- besides like the Johnny Depp Skeet Aldrich kind of like comp, Johnny Depp crawling through the window, much like how oh yeah those Billy are totally does
1: similarities, and not in a copying way, just in like you can tell Tight there nods. are similar themes and like ideas and patterns. I liked it.
0: One of my one of my favorites, though, that people like to point out on the internet is Johnny Depp. His character's name is Glenn in this movie. He's wearing that football crop top jersey. Yeah. And Tatum's also wearing that in Scream. Oh, uh, nice. A similar one. I yeah, like that. that's fun.
1: Although I definitely... One of my notes is like, young Johnny Depp has nothing on Skeet Ulrich, who is like, oh, okay. so much angstier. And like, mm. I, I can't describe <laughs> it.
0: So, well, So Glenn is definitely more of like the... I, boy Next Door might be like a little much, but he's definitely more of like the suburban kind of just like white guy, you know, just kind of he's just kind of like a high school dude, you know, there's, yeah. there's there's not a whole lot of mystery or depth to him. Mesquite Aller is just a lot of like brooding darkness kind of mystery with him. Yeah. Yeah.
1: I feel like Wes Craven like refined that that type with Scream.
0: <laughs> so. We, so we're talking about Wes Craven and him capturing teenagers and everything, mm-hmm. and the parents being absent. I almost wonder if he kind of likes to talk about, at least like in this and Scream, about like the absentee parents, because like maybe he didn't grow up with that, so like maybe he like wished his parents were a little less. Um, Less involved or you know just kind of let him kind of like live a little bit more I mean I, I'm speculating a lot here just from what I've heard about the religious very religious upbringing that he had, but it's also interesting like his other movies where like the parents are the protagonists like in the the first one he did shit uh, the last house on the left where like the parents are actually very active and engaging in revenge for like the death of their daughter and it and like are scary people. But you're rooting for them to commit murder and that. But um, is that like a I don't know? Prequel it, it's kind of interesting. <laughs> it is not a prequel to this because uh, <laughs> it
1: sounds like the story that came before Nightmare on Elm Street.
0: That's actually really funny that you point that out. But uh, yeah, the the parents in this are interesting. Definitely want to have a conversation about that. Before before we get too far ahead with everything, you said that this was your first time watching it. I can't give you too much crap for this being the first time you saw it because i didn't watch this until
1: 2020 okay so i'm
0: not that far behind no no, not 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 far behind me (laughs) because again like you i was very much because i saw all the the what's it called the the parodies of it, and i was like oh that's probably just like a very like silly goofy thing because i was very much exposed to like the the comedian Fred Krueger that he evolves into mm. later on in the series, okay, not this one that we get in this movie. That's actually a lot scarier and darker. Mm. And I, so I was like, okay, I guess I don't know if it's like that, like that good of a movie. But during during the pandemic, when people weren't going to movie theaters and drive-in movie theaters were kind of booming. The drive-in movie theater that was close to us was showing this. Oh, I was like, oh, that'd be great. That'd be great to go see. Wasn't able to because the line was so long because everybody wanted to get out of the house. <laughs> so we just went home. I was like, let's just go home and just watch it at home. Yeah, and I thought this movie was so rad. I loved. I think one of my favorite things about this is the atmosphere, and it. Mm-hmm. it has great atmosphere. Wes Craven does a really good job at blending reality with dreamlike stage, stages and I feel like he really understood kind of like what dreams sometimes feel like Like mm-hmm. because like you know like when you're dreaming stuff sometimes it it doesn't like when you say it out loud it's like wait that doesn't make sense but when you're in the dream like oh yeah totally like the the basement to my school is also next to the basement in my house right. so yeah I can just yeah. go through that door <laughs> yeah and you don't question it so and there's there's so many moments I want to talk about later when we get to scariest scenes for atmosphere but yeah nightmare on elm street this movie is great
1: yeah i also i like the music i actually wrote the music is almost home alone but it's like dark home alone
0: <laughs> and the home alone music's already kind of spooky
1: it is it is so when i heard that like parts of it are like home alone and then parts of it are almost like the synthy that we hear in later or other horror movies, but I feel like the music really added, and like the little sounds they do along the way.
0: Yeah, it's great. Before we get, you know, into the blah blah blah. Before we get into the topics and everything, sorry, I can't talk this morning. This cast, obviously, this movie was re-directed by Wes Craven. Made for a million bucks and change. Made fifty-seven million dollars wow. in the box office. It stars Heather Langenkamp introducing johnny depp robert england john saxon who i love so much uh rip and then uh ronnie blakely played the mother in this as well so i i watched the commentary track for this this morning Mm -hmm. and got some good nuggets from this and this commentary track was recorded in 2006 so lots of time has passed and that commentary included Wes Craven, John Saxon, Heather Langenkamp, and their director of photography, uh, Jacques Hatkin, Hatkin, Jacques oh, cool. Hatkin, And it was, it was, it was funny listening to them talk about Johnny Depp in this, because they're like, did y'all like think that he would become like a big thing, you know, after this and we're like, No, not really. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, they all talked about how they enjoyed working with him on this. And it's funny how Johnny Depp got the role Uh, because this movie was filmed in uh in la california and a lot of stuff took place in like venice california and so so he said he had a bunch of like surfer dudes kind of up for the role that he was uh, that were auditioning and then johnny depp johnny depp kind of randomly auditioned because one of his band he was in a band at the time and one of his bandmates auditioned and So he asked his daughter and her friends, "Who who, who do y'all like for this? Like, who who do you think is the cutest? Because he wanted like kind of make sure he got like a cute kid or whatever. Like, y'all like the Surfer Boys, or y'all like him? And they're all like Johnny, Johnny Depp's awesome. Get him in this. <laughs> and so that's that's why he wow. got in this because Wes Craven's daughters thought or daughter thought that he was cute.
1: <laughs> okay, I mean it makes as much sense as any other casting decision.
0: Right? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> but the. The, i love that uh that first scene with with or it's one of the first scenes with them uh they're staying at tina's house and they're like he's calling his mom saying that he's staying at his cousin's house oh, by the yeah. airport and everything and they play the tape. they said <laughs> yeah they said that uh that that took a lot of takes because johnny Depp kept messing up like he couldn't quite operate the the boom box yeah, sure. well Yeah, so, and also they talked about how nervous he was because he had never acted before. So they said that he was just constantly rehearsing with people like all the time. That's cute. uh, It it was kind of cute hearing all this. Mm
1: -hmm, That's cool.
0: Yeah. But uh, it sounds like everybody really got along on this. I I think one of my favorite anecdotes that Heather Langenkamp said was that her and Ronnie Blakely, who played her mom in this, once they got the roles for them to bond to have like the more like mother daughter thing, they uh they went out shopping for her prom dresses after they both got Aww, hired for this. <laughs>
1: that's fun.
0: Yeah, yeah, really fun. And then John Saxon's just great. I love him. He's I feel like he's always a cop in something that I watch him in. He was uh he was a cop in Black Christmas and mm. both he's a pretty competent cop in both movies. This one he's is like he's like a good cop but like not necessarily the best parent in this which is I don't <laughs> no know. definitely yeah. not <laughs> but I, I just feel like there's so much to get into mm-hmm. i guess like before we get into the segments was there any other like takes or things that you wanted to talk about before we get into the nitty-gritty i
1: mean one of my biggest takes is that this should be a rocky horror style watch along every halloween i don't understand why it isn't <laughs> Because this is the perfect like yell-along. Because the number of times I was like, Tina, stop looking for him. What are you doing? Go back inside. Anyway, I think that would be really fun.
0: (laughs) You say that. It did get a different type of accolade. Not quite the Rocky Horror Picture watch-along sort of thing. But Mm -hmm. in 2001, it actually was selected for preservation in the... US National Film Registry at the Library of Congress. So this is now in there with oh. like other movies like Frankenstein and uh, Texas Chainsaw Massacre, which is really cool.
1: That is cool. I mean I I want I uh, that's fine but I also want a yellow lung. <laughs> I just think that would be so fun.
0: It would be it would be and there's there's so many great lines in this too. Like I, I love how like the the teenagers were written. I think one mm-hmm. of the best, <laughs> one of like the best like witty comebacks that we have in this is early on when Rod comes over and is like talking to Tina and them and saying how like he had like a hard on for Tina in the morning or whatever. Uh, whoa, he oh had a hard on for her with with her name on it. She goes, "There's four yeah. letters in my name. There's not enough room on your joint for four letter word." Which is just great. Love that.
1: <laughs> yeah. Oh, one thing I did want to mention is when I rented this on YouTube, it showed a version of the poster I hadn't seen before, and it was all red. And I was like, oh, fuck, that looks like the Barbarian poster. And I don't know if that says good things about whether I'm going to enjoy this movie. But my takeaway is that the Barbarian poster took a lot of inspiration from this like all red version of like Freddy just kind of like standing.
0: Oh, that's interesting. Yeah, they're very similar. You're right. That is very cool. And both having to deal with weird basements and boiler rooms. Yeah,
1: so I was like, (laughs) where are we going here?
0: You're automatically suspicious. I
1: was. But no one in this movie is as criminally stupid as the characters in Barbarian. So that was nice.
0: The characters in this are actually fairly smart. I mean, you you did talk about how, like, Tina does, like, randomly stop and stare while she's (laughs) running. Yeah, she
1: does. But, like, she's not overall an idiot about it.
0: Right. Exactly. And speaking of Tina, this movie kind of does that psycho scream Drew Barrymore thing where, like, you might think that Tina is the final girl going yeah. into it because we're focusing so much on her in the first act, mm-hmm. but it does like that kind of that bait and switch with Nancy.
1: I think, you know, Wes Craven just likes to surprise us. But yeah, yeah. I like sure. that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It, there's a lot of stuff to talk about overall. Like I said, vibe is great. I would absolutely put this on during a Halloween party or just like get togethers, trick or treating. Like it just has that atmosphere.
0: Oh, 100%. It definitely has that atmosphere. And I, I did have a question of interpretation for you okay. before we get into the segments. And it, it kind of didn't like click with me until this watch. And maybe I'm stupid. But the what did you think of at the beginning of the movie, at the end of the movie, we get the shot of the little girls all in white playing jump rope singing the Freddy song? I wasn't quite sure how to interpret them and like what they meant to the movie and just like who those people, who those children were.
1: Mm, good question. So I assume those are Freddie's original victims from the neighborhood. And that's mm-hmm. why they were like around and just playing. I don't know why like that selection, because it sounded like maybe there were a lot more victims. But yeah, that was my assumption.
0: Okay, yeah, that's what that's what I took away from from this as well. Because I always kind of wondered about that, and I wasn't quite sure. But I, I think it's interesting that they are almost angelic in a way. You know, like mm-hmm. they're like all in white, they're bright. There's there there's fog around them, but like they're.
1: I agree. They kind of
0: seem like at peace, almost. Like I don't know. It's interesting compared to like what is going on with our other characters and like how it seems very, like a very hellish transformation that they're going through and everything. And, like, it's almost like, does... Is it just because, like, these children, the original victims from the stories are, like, were innocent and what is happening now in the movie is very much about, like, a revenge of a re- revenge. And so, like, it's, like, muddied and dirtied because they're paying for stuff that, like, their parents did. I don't know. It, I just found it kind of interesting that, like, the almost separation of like seeing like these angelic past victims, but like these current victims are not portrayed that way at all.
1: I, that is interesting. I didn't think of it that way. I would see it more as like they are eternally trapped here as children who were murdered and they're tied to this neighborhood and they just like jump rope for eternity, which is pretty dark. Like they're stuck in this. I also was extremely suspicious as current horror movies have told us to be of the original story. I kept expecting a twist in the original story that the mom told because, okay, sure. Sometimes murderers get off, but like a notoriously known multiple child killer gets off because of one search warrant. Like something doesn't seem right here. So I was also wondering if it was some kind of like vigilante justice gone wrong and we were going to find out later that that was the revenge
0: oh okay
1: but i also understand that that's because that's like the era we're in in horror right now is we're telling those kind of stories so that's why my brain went there
0: right yeah they do kind of gloss over it a little too much you're right it seems it seems almost too i don't say too simple but too like oh Like, that's what happened. Like,
1: (laughs) right. Like, there wasn't an appeal or like another crime you could get him on. It just seems very much like, yeah, it was cool to get a gang together and burn someone alive. And it's like, right.
0: um... (laughs) And not only like getting a gang together, but like the assuming John Saxon's character was involved in it, like also like the police department getting involved.
1: It's like, it was like like a a lynch mob. Yes, oh my God, that's why I was suspicious too, because I was like, what if he's coming after you because like you murdered him brutally and terribly and unfairly
0: right yeah, and like that maybe I was kind of expecting the twist to be that he was actually innocent and mm-hmm. it's like the the scarring and like you know the 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 violence that the parents put on him now turned him evil like the afterlife I was or thinking that or- too
1: that like maybe he wasn't originally this evil. But yeah, what happened mm-hmm. to him and the suffering have like made him this horrific villain. Yeah.
0: Yeah, they definitely play around with that cuz this movie get remade. Oh, what year was it? Like 2010 or something like that. I don't know, but like it, this movie did get remade and they do play around with like Freddy's innocence mm-hmm. a lot in it like like was it Mob Justice? <laughs> It, it, in, incorrectly and everything they do play around with that they also make it a lot darker because they straight up explicitly in the remake make him a child molester too
1: oh god
0: yeah i don't they get need really that with it i don't need that yeah. like
1: child murderer is enough
0: right isn't it we don't need that
1: yeah like i'm yeah. good but i yeah. do think it's uh, it's fun in a horror movie series what i don't know how they handled it but like to have that thread where we have not seen the original incident. And so we don't actually know what's true.
0: Yeah, exactly. Yeah. We just have to trust our our characters and what they're saying. Yeah, yeah I, I do like that. And it's kinda of like a fun mystery wrinkle to it that like throughout mm-hmm. the movie you're getting a little bit more information about it. So it's it's pretty cool. And in the commentary track, Wes Craven did talk about that a lot because about like you know all right at this point in the movie they only know this like they don't even know his name and then like he's like actually now it's revealed what his name is and then like they kind of go on and it's like when Mm -hmm. it's like as he like paralleled it to nancy's confidence is that like as nancy Mm. is uncovering more she's also getting more confident right and once it's not quite when when she knows what her parents did, but like she's very close to finding that out. She actually gets the confidence to like stand up to her mother and like mm-hmm. approach her about her drinking habits and everything. So it, it, and then, and from there, that's when she kind of like also decides to like become a fighter and get into get into survival and everything. So it, it's kind of cool seeing that parallel with the the get gaining confidence or hope with more information. So like kind of like knowledge is truth kind of thing going with this.
1: Yeah. I mean, I like overall the arc. I saw a lot of, you know, uh, movies that came after it. And even thinking of how like stranger things paces some of their seasons, like it felt kind of reminiscent of this. It just felt a little slow at times.
0: See, I kind of liked the moments where it just like, took a moment to just breathe a little bit but uh, I don't know I I, I didn't uh, is there like anything like specific you could think of that like you just kind of felt oh like my god it was a yes slow?
1: every time <laughs> someone was in the boiler room and they were walking and walking and walking and walking walking they hear a noise then they walk and they hear a noise and then they walk and they walk and you're just like oh my god I need something like Tina did it first and you're like okay, okay you're exploring and then Nancy did it again and you're like oh my god like get somewhere someone's trying to murder you
0: interesting okay I actually kind of like that I, I like us just kind of stuck down there I, I find it scary that they're in because it's kind of like what you were saying earlier like it's very like yelly like you yelling at the screen like get yeah, out of there absolutely. or whatever and I don't know I, I kind of like that but I do like how when Nancy does it because you're already primed that like this is a bad place and that's right. like where tina was at once mm-hmm. and I, I don't know i just like it because once whenever it does turn and like freddy reveals himself and like the chase actually starts i like it at least with with nancy's chasing because the environment changes so like she like turns around now there's a wall and there wasn't one beforehand
1: yeah i do and like that.
0: she's like and she's also finding like like later in the movie, like she finds like Glenn's like bloody head headphones and stuff like that. Like, oh, well, all, all I was that's, wondering like, cool. what
1: that was. Like, it was so dark that I was like, "Is that a helmet? Like, what is that?" So I didn't. Oh, it get was that. his headphones. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, like I said, overall I liked it, but there is an episode of Buffy the Vampire Slayer that does like almost this exact same idea in like a tight fifty-three minutes or something, and like that was perfect. Like, for me, at least. I don't mind when horror movies just, like, have atmosphere. It just felt like, and we're waiting, and we're waiting, and we're waiting. Not that we were just, like, hanging out.
0: Gotcha. Okay.
1: But I think it's because the movie is like, something is going to happen. Something is going to happen. Something is going to happen. And you're just like, I get it.
0: (laughs) It's it's the impatience of you. (laughs) you
1: I understand the anticipation. (laughs)
0: <laughs> did not expect this nitpick that's so funny
1: that's like my only nitpick of this movie
0: <laughs> i did not expect that that's really funny the they did say on the commentary track I, I i loved how much of like practical locations or like actual locations that they had in this like mm. that was like a real neighborhood those were real houses that they filmed in
1: oh nice
0: for some like close up stuff you know it was in a set that they built but um the and like the boiler room was actually in a prison. That's like where they oh, film that. Oh
1: God. Extra haunted. And
0: the, yes. And then the the school was a real school too. So I don't know. I just thought all that was such great.
1: Oh yeah. I mean, I didn't even question any of the settings or any anything like that. Like I just bought in because yeah, it all looked like we were running around a real neighborhood.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, it was great. I I I don't know. I just loved all of that. And then when we get to the uh, to the bathtub scene, I definitely want to talk about how how they did that cuz I thought that was extra cool.
1: Oh, that was but, um, I that and the bed effects were really cool.
0: Yes, yeah, it's super cool. Well, I, I feel like that we've kind of gassed this movie up a lot already. You want to move on to the to the segments?
1: Yeah.
0: righty, right. Let's get into the subgenre categorization of A Nightmare on Elm Street. Obviously, first off, I think this movie is falls right into the slasher wheelhouse. Uh, You know, we have a villain with a sharp object chasing down and picking apart teens. Teens that also have sex die first, and everything. So I just, and also our final girl Nancy very much rejects any sort of uh, sexual advances (laughs) from Glenn. (laughs) That's (laughs) true.
1: Not now, Glenn.
0: Yes, we're here for Tina. It's I don't know, it's so great. <laughs> and then Glenn, he kind of just like does that thing. He just like kicks dirt. He's like, ah, fine. Yeah. <laughs> it's uh it's so good. And then they have that scene, like we cut to Glenn. I love it when we just like get Glenn's experience. He's on the couch, not with Nancy, notably. Mm-hmm. He's on the couch and he's just listening to Tina and Rod have the loudest sex ever. Oh yeah. And <laughs> And he's just, like, in misery.
1: (laughs) So rude. So rude. He's
0: in misery. Craven said on the commentary that uh, he wrote this based off of, like, a personal experience that he had. He said, like, one of his first times leaving the house, he he went and stayed somewhere in Chicago. He could hear one of his neighbors having loud sex. He said it was, like, the worst night ever. So he wrote that into the movie.
1: (laughs) I mean, it's very relatable. Like, you asked your friend to stay. Don't
0: yeah it's crazy it's also like she's she's saying like don't leave me with this lunatic or whatever but it's like what what what's happening here like what is this dynamic i don't understand
1: it it was a very i I mean i kind of got it but because at first i was like oh that dude's a rapist and then i was like oh they have a thing going but it might not be good i don't trust him but i don't think she makes good choices like i
0: (laughs) no more fights no more fights. Yeah. I just... <laughs> I just
1: what? They had a very not good relationship, but it did feel very high school.
0: It did, yeah. Which leads me to saying that this is very much like a high school teen movie. Yeah. Pretty much like how Scream is as well. I also had for this, besides like Slasher, even like more specific, you know, this is obviously like a, because of Freddy Krueger, like a supernatural Slasher mm-hmm a little bit of fantasy kind of with all like the dream sequences in that
1: yeah absolutely
0: yeah so but i don't know if i was getting much more besides supernatural fantasy horror with it also being like a high school teen movie
1: i mean it is a story of revenge we don't totally know all the details but there is a revenge story here like he's not just coming after any kids
0: right yeah Oh, interesting too about like the revenge part of this. And since he is dead, I think. Yeah. I, is does with with the supernatural okay, I guess let's dive deeper to supernatural stuff. Like, is it a ghost? Is it is he now a demon? I'm I'm trying to figure out the the like like is it like oh, supernatural haunting slasher? Like he's haunting these children now like I'm trying to figure out like the is he haunting their exactly.
1: houses or like
0: S- that's what I wonder about Nancy because like his glove like evidence of his murder is in their house
1: oh I know as soon as I saw that I was like you gotta burn that shit you don't keep that in your house like what are you doing it's like calling him to you
0: and also just like le- legality like that's such yes, evidence why would you to take a crime that? you committed don't
1: take that <laughs> why would you keep it and then just be like oh yeah it's right here it's not like in like a chest or anything buried under it's just like oh yeah and here's his murder glove it's right here <laughs>
0: right next to the christmas lights yeah
1: yeah that um <clears throat> that was weird i couldn't tell and like also is it that he's in this in between and that's why he gets them through the dreams because dreams are like an in between state
0: oh interesting
1: like you know the idea in a lot of horror that like they killed him but it permanently like marked something in the world or like it, they couldn't get rid of his spirit or, i don't know
0: <laughs> oh that's that's really interesting but like why is it kind of like yeah that in between like awake and asleep kind of state like it's interesting like why that's it i wonder if maybe we dive deeper into the mythos he was they burned him Oh no! Because didn't they say they chased him in the boiler room? I was going to say like maybe like they got him while he was sleeping, but I don't think that makes sense to the story that they told.
1: It doesn't, but that would actually be really interesting if he was like in a dream state and then died, Mm -hmm. and then yeah, like haunts this dream state and is able to target people.
0: Yeah, and it's like it's interesting that it's. the title of the movie, A Nightmare on Elm Street. Like, I wonder if like did he also just live in the neighborhood or was he like coming out into the neighborhood? I feel like and he had to live in crimes. this
1: neighborhood or like why would they kill him here? I don't know. But yeah, it yeah. seems to be about the neighborhood and maybe even these specific houses or families. Like maybe it's attached to the families. I don't know.
0: Hmm. Interesting. Okay. Yeah. Uh it's it, it's the whole sleep stuff is it is it's just cool that that's kind of where the movie took it to and that like it's not a ghost that is like haunting them but it's like is this dream demon thing I yeah know. i love I, that I, I like that it's very creative very creative i agree uh, he's, and- i was gonna say craven was apparently inspired by a series of articles in newspapers about oh i forget what part of the world it was not in the u.s but there was these these teenagers that were scared to go to sleep because they thought that like there was like this dream demon going after them and one of them didn't sleep for like 5 to 7 days or something like that and he like was avoiding like doctors advice and everything and like whenever he did finally fall asleep he did actually die in his sleep from something so that's kind of like where he got the inspiration for this
1: weird yeah um i was going to say it's also interesting because We are so extra vulnerable when we're sleeping that it preys on that like very fundamental fear of just like not being alert and aware that like when we are at our most vulnerable, someone will come and attack us, which is Mm -hmm. just like a key deep fear every time we go to sleep.
0: (laughs) It's very primal, too. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, what we were saying.
1: Yeah, I find that interesting because like one of the doctors at one point in there says like you have to dream and you'll go crazy. Actually, not true. I don't think everybody dreams, but everybody has to sleep.
0: Right? Yeah, yeah. Definitely, everybody has to sleep. I don't remember. As I've gotten older, when I was a kid. I used to remember my dreams a lot, but like as I've been an adult, it's rare that I actually remember a dream now.
1: Oh, I remember. Do- do you remember your dreams all the time? I have. So I. Ever since I was a kid, I have these, like, epic serial story dreams that go for, like, weeks or months at a time in these, like, made-up settings with made-up people and, like, plots. And then it kind of, like, rotates around to another made-up spot. But sometimes I return to to places, like, dream places.
0: <laughs> is it lucid dreaming that, that you can no. do? Or is it just? No. It's okay. just
1: like I'm watching a movie.
0: Oh, Interest- interesting. Okay. Like really when cool I'm though. dreaming, I, I'm part I, of
1: it. But when I think back to it, it's like a movie.
0: Mm, yeah. I don't know. It's it's rare for me these days to remember a dream, and whenever I do, I I normally wake up because like I I I normally am able to sometimes spot something that is odd or whatever. I'm like, oh, this isn't mm-hmm. real, and then like I just wake up.
1: Mm. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. When I was in like middle Very school boring. i kept a dream diary by my bed and every morning when i woke up i would actually try to remember and like write it down right away and like dreams mean nothing but at the same time can be like tarot cards of like helping you sort out how you're thinking when you're like oh this must mean <laughs> this you're really just like helping yourself think through something
0: right yeah just I- information processing yeah. yeah yeah sleep is really cool i did when I was in grad school, I gave a few talks on sleep and, like, sleep studies and, and just, like, the whole, whole hypothesis. Because, like, in the the realm of science, we still don't know the purpose of sleep. Mm-hmm. There's a few hypotheses. I think they're all kind of correct to an extent. Like, there's not, like, one reason to sleep. Mm-hmm. But, uh, and it's cool just because, like, it's an evol- evolutionary thing. Like, all, like, things from, like, C. elegans, which are microscopic worms, like, them all the way up to like you know like multicellular complex beings like mammals sleep but it doesn't make sense to just be knocked out for eight to 12 hours at a time when you're vulnerable right yeah Yeah,
1: it's so interesting
0: (laughs) Mm -hmm. i was listening to do you listen to pete holmes the the comedian no He's really funny. He has this really funny bit about sleep. He goes, "If I were to try to explain sleep to an alien, I don't think I could." <laughs> He's just like, "So I eat an apple to gain energy. I'm like, okay, that makes sense. But then I also do nothing for eight hours every day to gain energy. And they're like, what? Right. He goes, yeah, no matter how much food I eat and gain energy, I still have to be knocked out for eight to ten hours." <laughs>
1: It's true. I resent it so much, but (laughs) like, well, I've always been really envious of those people who only need three hours and they're fully functional brains because that's just not me. I can't like actually one of my notes was the scene where Johnny Depp's parents are like, she's a lunatic. It would mean more if she had actually been behaving as if she hadn't slept for seven days Because she would be a fucking lunatic and she's being pretty normal. Yeah,
0: yeah. I think I think that's the one nitpick I do have about this movie is that you don't get the sleep deprecation or exhaustion from the characters. Yeah. I mean, like she has like like a strip of white hair (laughs) just to show how stressed she is. And she says, like, Oh my god, I look so old, I look like I'm twenty. I look like I'm (laughs) twenty. I know
1: I loved that.
0: But I do question we've kind of gone off the rails from subgenre categorization. Yeah, but like I do that. <laughs> No, no, it's fine. I do kind of question Glenn. Like, is he also going through like, like the end of the movie, he is I, he's kind of sleep deprived, like he's trying to stay awake and everything, but like it's never really confirmed with me if he's like also experiencing this uh, Freddy chasing him in his dreams? Like unless I'm just like mis. Unless I'm, like, missing a line that he said or something like that. But I, I, I never quite got that he was also experiencing the same stuff that Nancy was.
1: Yeah, I agree. Maybe it's just not to the same scale. Because they all kind of mentioned, like, oh, this guy. But it seems like Tina and Nancy were the targets. And then... Mm-hmm. Or, like, maybe even the ones he wanted to scare more. I don't know.
0: Yeah, possibly. Because, like, Rod... Because Rod even talked about him having dreams about him as well. But he didn't seem as freaked out. Right. I don't know. It's just interesting that Glenn – I think maybe Glenn is – maybe they leave it ambiguous with Glenn because for, like, part of the movie, there's, like, the adults are kind of thinking that Nancy's just crazy. So, like, maybe Mm. the movie's trying to, like, play off that thing. Like, is she just crazy? Or, like, is there something going on? And, like, Glenn isn't – necessarily like a sounding board for what's happening either
1: that's true i loved when he fell asleep and she went glenn you bastard it's so great i love that line <laughs> delivered you
0: bastard and then like two se- like a beat later she also hits him and calls him you shit she's like
1: <laughs> but then it's she so relies good. on him again and i'm like nancy
0: Oh, well, she has no one else. All her other friends are dead, and she only has Glenn, and the the adults aren't believing her. Yeah.
1: So, getting to that, I think we talked about this with Scream at some point where we were like, are these kids popular or are they just like a weird click? I don't think these kids are popular. I think they're it's just a, clique, a weird sure. click. <laughs>
0: yeah which which is honestly more relatable so um, i'm here for it yeah it's just that's why there
1: aren't like 10 more kids they can turn to and the whole football team comes out to help like
0: (laughs) yes that and nancy also like embarrasses the shit out of herself when she screams awake in her english class okay but like that shit
1: happens
0: it happens, but just light myself on fire. That I, like like if okay, in high school that would embarrass me so it was much. Two <laughs> days
1: after your best friend was like brutally murdered, you're fine.
0: And she sh- and I loved how like her parents talk about this too. Like like you shouldn't go to school today. Like you really need to take I a agree. mental health day. It
1: just happened. Why are you going to school? And then when you get to school, no acknowledgement. The teacher's just like, "Okay, Shakespeare, as we planned." <laughs>
0: Right. Yeah. Also, wonder if like the teachers even know. Like, I don't know. Oh, she's just sick. I I mean, they would have
1: to know, but like, yeah, it's so. The. I mean, I guess maybe it's also trying to be like, these were the eighties. Nobody really cared about your (laughs) well-being. Right. (laughs) And like, got it, because even her mom, who like cares, actually going back to subgenre. One thing I did want to talk about was the like loss of autonomy that i feel like was captured really well through this especially in that scene with the stairs which is one of my favorites because that is out of a dream that's exactly like we've all had that dream right or like you kick at something and your leg goes right through it or like you try to close a door but it never closes like
0: Mm -hmm. i think my favorite thing well i have a few but i think one of my favorite things i was relatable was tina trying to run into the boiler room because like she's running but she's not oh yeah you see she's giving effort and they said they had her on a treadmill that was on a track so just like give her that okay yeah because i get that all the time it just feels like you're running underwater yeah
1: yes okay i have this weird thing in some dreams lately where whenever i go to walk i'm at like half speed and in the dream, I can feel myself at half speed and I'm like, you can walk faster, but it's like, I can't. And it's the weirdest thing. And so it, it felt very much like, oh, my God, that's so real that mm-hmm. like you can't control yeah. anything.
0: Yeah, you can't. So I, th- this is a great segue to get to the fear analysis. So you want to go ahead and get into the yeah. types of fears that this movie's playing off of? According to Dr. Carl Albrich, there are five types of fears that humans share psychologically. And those fears are extinction or death, mutilation, body invasion, loss of autonomy, separation, abandonment, or rejection. And then finally, humiliation, shame, worthlessness, i.e., the death of ego. So, Orlean, you were just talking about the loss of autonomy.
1: Yes, I thought that you were getting in this. So strongly throughout this movie from beginning to end. And it's it's in different ways. It's like we were just talking about with the scenes where you you can't do the thing you're trying to do. But then it's also, uh, oh, I just felt so much stress at the end when Nancy is like screaming for her dad and no one is coming and she's like running around the house and screaming and no one is coming to help
0: it's it's so good i was uh, you're right about like the loss of autonomy sort of thing with like the physicality of it i never thought about it that way that's a really cool way to think about that but i put uh i kind of interpreted that as abandonment Mm, as in like there's there's so much like parental abandonment in this movie with these characters like nancy's parents are going through their own thing like they're kind of going through this divorce separation thing her mom is just hiding in booze and her dad's hiding in work. And I also can't tell if like their split is like coming from the crime that they committed together. And that just like kind of like struck their relationship to the core or like just other differences between them.
1: I mean, maybe the mom was part of the gang, but maybe the dad wasn't.
0: Oh, and he had this whole dilemma of like, do I turn my that wife in everything? That
1: would be a huge splinter in a relationship.
0: Oh, that would... Oh, because she does specifically say mommy killed him. Yeah. yeah.
1: So I it kind of made me wonder, like, maybe he found out or she told him and he was like, I can't be a part of this.
0: Oh, that's a... I love that read, actually. I think that makes a lot more sense.
1: Right? It kind of makes sense how they relate to each other in the movie.
0: It does. Absolutely. they're they're just i love you just tell from the first scene just like wow they are so divorced like (laughs) they never explicitly say it but just from the first scene you're just like yep i get it uh john saxon is living possibly in his office or somewhere else but he's definitely not living at home and uh there's also like this craven talked about it on the commentary track but how throughout the movie there's like these moments where like uh, Nancy's so much wishing for her parents to just be a, a unit not like she wants to be married but like helping right. her with what she's going through because like there's moments where her dad's giving his perspective and the mom takes her to the sleep clinic and like she kind of gives this look like she wishes that her dad would come to the sleep clinic with her too yeah. yeah
1: I mean that's a pretty intense thing I do applaud the mother in this for as overall bad as she was actually trying to do some things
0: yeah yeah, that's a good point you know her actually trying to get her to see a sleep specialist which I just I love the idea of them walking to a clinic like oh yeah we get we fit her in right now let's go ahead let's get get that baby to sleep we can do that right now
1: no need to schedule this stuff also these cost several thousand dollars no big deal we'll just get her booked right in there just hop in and
0: you can smoke and you can smoke in the clinic not only can you smoke
1: (laughs) you will sit here next to the technician all night and just read her brainwaves like a like a movie (laughs) Okay. Yeah,
0: it's it's <laughs> it's great, but I, I do I do want to circle back to that scene when we get to the fear, like the actual like uh, scariest scenes in in this movie. But yeah, so I definitely had abandonment, and not just like Nancy's parents, but like Glenn's parents perhaps seemed the most involved out of all of them, and like maybe that's why we didn't see a whole lot of signs of Freddy messing with him. Possibly, I wonder if that's like an interesting read that the movie's giving about parental involvement in, like, their kids' lives and, like, how much it does or doesn't mess them up.
1: They're not that involved. They're they're, just, like, around at least.
0: Well, they're more involved than the other parents and, like, they're the only ones that, like, check in because he's the one that's having to convince his parents he's actually at where he said he was. That's, like, a very, like... I remember, like, when I was, like, in high school and stuff, that was, like, a thing. That was, like, rare if parents did do that and that meant that, like, oh, you had strict parents because, like, they're actually checking and calling the house to see if you're there and stuff. Oh, I guess I had strict
1: parents then because I always had to check in.
0: (laughs) So, I think... um, So, I think that that's one read of it. But then, like... Like Tina's parents, like her mom is there, but like in in the credits, that's not her dad; that's her mom's boyfriend, mm. and they're just gone. They go out of town. I mean, and that's always Rod, a sign
1: in a horror movie that something is going to go wrong. Does your mom have a boyfriend? <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> Lots of broken homes, <laughs> and then also like Rod's Rod's parents. I was expecting oh. They do kind of focus on a couple at the funeral scene, but like,
1: oh, I assume that was his parents.
0: I assume now, but yeah, there there wasn't like this big like grieving scene or process that we saw with them or anything. I don't know. I just found it odd that like a lot of these characters, like parents, are just kind of missing and absent. And also the mm-hmm. the the priest giving the I guess the eulogy or sermon or whatever, kind of being a dick about it. I
1: agree. Just say nice things.
0: Yeah, he's like saying it like, well, you know, this is the kind of life that he led. So <laughs> live by the sword, die by the sword. Also, was thing, he not is-
1: a child, like a literal child at most 17, 18? Like, what is going on? Yeah.
0: yeah, though, that was that was fucked up.
1: I mean, it was 1984. Like, I wonder how much of this is like, we don't mourn the delinquent kids.
0: <laughs> True. Yeah. I, also, so I guess like with that, it's also like abandonment from the church, maybe in this that's but, uh, true outside of abandonment i was also getting the uh mutilation part was interesting in this mm-hmm. especially with tina and i love the effects of how you, j- you don't see the blades but you just see the cuts happening Uh it's so good
1: yeah but, and I, I f- oh sorry
0: oh no i was just gonna say they 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 further it with not just seeing the mutilation of the victims, but like Freddy Krueger also mutilates himself like in front of them. Like he cuts off his fingers and like rips open his his chest cavity and everything. It, it was kind of odd seeing him do that to to himself. It's almost like a, this is what I'm OK with doing to myself. So imagine what I'm going to do to you.
1: Yeah, that's a good point. I uh, I hated those parts. I mean, very much like self-mutilation, but also then it gets to like the self-harm and like Freddy's not okay. Anyway, like there's, <laughs> we can do a whole like therapy session, Freddy Krueger. Um,
0: <laughs> therapy session, Freddy Krueger. That's funny.
1: I'm just saying like he's not okay. i agree about like the the mutilation and one thing i think is interesting calling back to your comment earlier about the like angelic figures i think it's really interesting that we just see like cuts in a white nightgown like Uh, i think that is very interesting like virginal innocence kind of framing and that's a good point i like that reminiscent a little bit of like red riding hood
0: oh very cool
1: Right. If we think about like the the wolf and like claws and tearing them apart, preying on innocent girls,
0: and them trying to get to like their parental authority figures too for safety, but but they're lost doesn't in the woods. Happen.
1: They're lost in the yeah. woods.
0: <laughs> anyway, oh, that's good. That's a good comp. I like that.
1: Thanks. That's my my like literary thematic tie-in to the the fear. <laughs>
0: And then I also just had, of course, the fear of death is very evident in this because, I mean, like, I I know I say this, like, every episode. It's present in, like, every movie. But, like, this one is, I don't know, they're very, it's, it's present. Of course, they don't want to get attacked by Freddy Krueger. But, like, it's so much that, like, there's, the reason why they're scared of falling asleep is because they don't want to die. And I don't know, I just, Mm -hmm. like it seems like a little bit more forward about the, the fear of death. So like they don't want to sleep because they don't want to die kind of thing. I don't know. I agree. It's it. not like, yeah, it's like different from like Halloween or Friday the 13th where like, yeah, they're, fr- they're scared of death. Cause there's like a guy running around the camp or neighborhood, but like this one's like a little bit more like a transitive property. Like if I sleep, I die. So I'm not doing that kind of thing.
1: Yeah. And I really like that because you could, probably do a whole deep thing on some people feel like sleep is what death might feel like and so there's this whole like when I go to sleep am I simulating death which is another layer to add on to then having like a nightmare demon stalk you through Mm. your dreams (laughs) right (laughs) is this hell
0: (laughs) Is is there anything about? I know we've talked a lot about the parental abandonment in this, but is there is there anything about the the fear of parents in this and that? Like, because like you made a good point about how her mom does try to help her, like at least like get her to experts. Like, is there like kind of that fear of like you just trying to do your best, but like you just ultimately for whatever reason can't help your kid?
1: Yeah, I feel like it's very much like poltergeist vibes in that respect, where like the parents do everything they can, but like you're just up against this supernatural thing, haunting demon, like force, whatever it is. And like you just can't win. But yeah, to your point, I think it's very much the theme of like even when parents try, they rarely understand their kids and what their kids are actually dealing with. And obviously, we see like, Nancy is not helping. I swear to God, if I had a teenager and she was casually screaming this much, I wouldn't just be like, okay, honey, get some sleep. I'd be like, you need to stop screaming all the time or you need to tell me what's going on.
0: Right. Yeah. (laughs) Casually screaming. Love that phrase.
1: Yeah, because then her mom comes in and is like, what's going on? And she's like, I'm fine, mom. And it's like, no, no, you're not. You were just screaming bloody murder in the bathroom your mom had to find a lock a key to like break in and you're just like i'm fine okay good night like i think there's probably also a fear there from the parental side of like not being able to help because they won't let you in
0: oh it's kind of like the the same side of that coin where like nancy maybe just feels like she she can't share this or like she can't like connect or relate with her mom on on this so she's just hiding it but her mom wants to figure out what's going on yeah even though ultimately she doesn't believe that ultimately she doesn't believe that freddie krueger's after her but yeah she wants to at least understand what's going on
1: yeah it's how i feel often in stranger things where i'm like yeah most of these parents would not understand but winona rider is trying to help you all
0: (laughs) (laughs) right yeah so uh, I think all that's interesting. And, like, besides, like, the, the therapy stuff, or the, the sleep therapy stuff, her mom does, like, put bars on the windows and doors and stuff, which is, like... I mean,
1: overreaction. That, that, that's an old day but That's
0: an all-day thing. Look,
1: they live in a neighborhood where there was just a child murderer that they gang vigilante murdered. So, like, it's not the safest neighborhood.
0: Apparently not. Yeah.
1: What was that? Max 10 years ago? Like... I, I kind of get it. Like, why didn't you have bars on the windows before?
0: Oh, <laughs> uh, HOAs, man. <laughs> That's why. But uh
1: Oh, also, on the mother thing, the one thing I kept getting notes of was the mom from Carrie. Like, very similar, kind of, like, overbearing, not as, like, hateful as the mom in Carrie, but just in that similar way of, like, controlling, overbearing, trying to protect from the world in ways that, like, aren't helpful.
0: Mm. Okay, that's good. I like that. That was that was definitely before. it Wasn't Carrie in the 70s? Yes.
1: I actually have no idea when Carrie came out that I'm revealing I couldn't tell you when in time Carrie came out.
0: I feel like I've hit on everything. I didn't get, like, a humi- humiliation or shame kind of fear no. from this. No,
1: actually, surprisingly, with the backstory, there was no element of, like, shaming the child murderer. Oh. Interesting.
0: Right? Yeah. Isn't that kind well, of I, odd? I would I would have expected the opposite. I would have I would have expected the mom being like, eh, yeah, this is what we did. We committed murder. Right.
1: I thought she was giving <laughs> away her shame, but it didn't n- didn't really seem like that. I
0: don't I don't think she has shame. She just wants to like forget it. Yeah. You know? I expect I, a little I, I, more it,
1: shame. It, it, it,
0: yeah, a little, a little bit more <laughs> shame with with the murders.
1: A le, a, you know, just when you, like, get a gang together and, like, casually, like, lynch a child murderer, like, you've got some feelings.
0: Yeah, and just, I love that she just has, like, vodka hidden throughout the house. Like, she has, like, the linen closet and stuff. It's
1: very it's... real to alcoholics. Like, maybe it wasn't even the child murderer thing. Maybe she was just an alcoholic and this really, like, accelerated. Like, who knows? I I do love the lack of explaining everything in this movie.
0: Oh, yeah. Yeah, I think that's one of my favorite things. It leaves a lot to the imagination for the audience to fill in the gaps. I, I like that a lot. Mm-hmm. It's good writing. So do you want to move on to this? what we've found to be some of the scariest scenes and aspects from this movie? Yes. Alrighty. Uh if you don't mind, I, I have a small list. okay but, Uh I was going to start with what I think is the scariest part. And it's mostly because of one shot, but it's Nancy's dream at school, which is just excellent. To me, it's the scariest part of it is when she she steps into the hallway and she sees Tina's yes. bloody body bag yes, this is what being I wrote dragged down by nothing. That oh is Oh my god. I remember the
1: God
0: that implanted right in my brain the first time i saw this and i went that is fucked up that that, that's that shook me pretty good
1: that i think was the scariest shot in the whole thing and Mm -hmm. so unexpected because sure you'd expect to see like maybe tina's dead body or the blood or something but like the body bag detail is so creepy
0: it is it's so creepy because like it, 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 it like it just max or masses there's how much blood that there was at like her crime scene and everything. And like
1: that. It's just, and it's it, also
0: like, it's also like giving like the the feeling of like entrapment. Like she's also trapped in something. It's not that she's just dead and free, but like she is trapped in this container.
1: I was going to say similar to that. It takes her from murder victim to like, this is, this is a dead body. This is your friend's dead Body. This is like how she is being wrapped up and interred and like put away. Mm -hmm. And that's so dark.
0: And the actor playing Tina does such a good like not to like sound weird, but like (laughs) she does like a great job, like playing a dead body too. Like the way like her hand goes limp and everything. Like that's that's pretty it's pretty good. And this whole on and so like that's like the scariest shot of the movie, but this whole school dream sequence is just it's just brilliant because like it it gets really eerie with like the kid reading hamlet and now it's just a whisper and she's like what's going on and like as she's walking out of the classroom you notice all of her, all of the students just stay still like none of them are even blinking or oh i didn't notice
1: anything. that it's, oh my gosh
0: yes yeah none of them move and it's very she's the only one that's like moving it's like adding this extra wrinkle to it and then like I think my favorite little thing that's like, oh yeah, that makes sense in a dream. But like, maybe you wouldn't notice that because you're dreaming. It's like randomly, there's just leaves blowing in the hallway.
1: Yeah. As, I just, as she's I walking.
0: That. So, so good. And the, 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 the hall monitor, she, the she bumps into with the
1: shirt. And the, ah. Yeah. It's, uh,
0: I, I love it. Yeah. That's a, uh, so Nancy's dream at school was one of my favorite scenes. And I found it to be probably the scariest part of the movie.
1: Yeah, I'd say hands down scariest. That, and then I also wrote down the scene with the stairs, especially because of how it happens when it's this like pivotal moment of trying to like flee.
0: So, just to clarify, the scene with the stairs, when she's trying to run up the stairs in her house and like she like steps through them, it's like the the goopy stairs
1: yeah like the stairs are like melting around her feet Mm -hmm. and so when she's trying to get up she's just like falling down further in them and you're just like oh my god that's like the ultimate nightmare when you're trying to run from like a psycho murderer is that you literally can't yeah that those are really scary i mean the final not the final ish scenes where she's like running through the house and he's like on fire and there's like fires everywhere it was like Pretty alarming.
0: <laughs> the fire footprints from Freddie was yes, just an excellent touch, and she's
1: like jumping around them. Yeah, that, yeah I, but I'm so like good. I don't know if there's much scarier than now being trapped in a burning house with an on fire psycho, and you can't get out.
0: Yeah, because there's bars. On the you can't coast.
1: get out, <laughs> yeah. and no one can get in, and she's just screaming, and like that's so scary.
0: It is, but I love her commitment too. She's just like, ah we're, we're going to hell tonight, Freddie. And she I like
1: <laughs> I loved Nancy. I just I love her. Like she oh, will fight to the so end.
0: Happy.
1: Oh my God, is that why the is is Stranger Things Nancy an homage? Because Stranger Things Nancy is also pretty cool.
0: Yes, and she's also the one uh, – have you seen, like, those memes for, like, every season? She's, like, wielding a gun at, like, the yes, climax uh, of the season. she just gets more and more <laughs>
1: badass. Yes. <laughs> yeah, I feel – I totally see it now because this Nancy is so cool and just, like, determined. And she's like, well, I'm going to figure it out.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's so good. Uh, I'm, I'm I'm glad you brought that up. I did not have it on my list, but that one is really good because, like you said, it leaves a lot to the imagination of, like – they got really creative of showing where Freddy has been and where he might be, but you don't know where he's at. Yeah.
2: Like, like uh, Scream. It, it, like Scream. So
0: good. <laughs> yes, like Scream. It also, so you you brought up the fire thing. The the stunt person that does the the fire stunt where like Freddy is on fire, that's the stunt man that played Ghostface and Scream. So Oh my
1: God, what a wild job.
0: Right. Yes. Wild. <laughs> Uh, I had a couple more scenes I wanted to talk through. One of them, and we go back and forth yet more. Mm -hmm. I wanted to, right up there with Nancy's dream of school is Tina's death. Mm. Specifically, like, once we're back in the bedroom and now we're in Rod's POV. So he doesn't see Freddie, but he just sees her being ripped apart and, like, her bloody and, like, rolling around the ceiling and it looks demonic I just love how like the, the practical effects that they did on this. You know, they just they just like stapled and nailed everything down to that room and just had the room rotating with oh the actors. Oh my gosh! In it. And <laughs> that's cool. Yeah. So so and it looks great and it's terrifying too because you know it's the opening kill of the movie mm-hmm. and Craven said he said uh, he was told by like a lot of people they said that's when they noped out of the movie they said nope that's too scary really (laughs) yeah but it's so good and it's because like you're you feel as helpless as rod does in that moment you're Mm -hmm. like what the fuck do you even do like like you see what's happening but like you 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 can't comprehend what the fuck is going on it's it's terrifying and good
1: and bloody so bloody
0: oh so much blood and it does this i what i find interesting about this movie is that it, it really toys or plays with that line of like show don't of a show don't tell kind of thing mm-hmm. because you know we talk about you know like in monster movies like jaws like it's what makes jaws scary is that you don't see the shark so like you like picture it as a scarier thing and like they do show freddie in this but like it's sometimes there's glimpses or just like the effects of him so like It's scarier that you're just seeing the effects of him, but you're not like, I'm glad that they didn't do this thing where like they had Robert England in the room and Rod just pretended he couldn't see him. Mm -hmm. But, but we're just, I like that we're just seeing like all the effects of Freddie on her as it's happening. It's, it's so good.
1: Yeah. I'm glad there was never like a reveal. Like we got bits and pieces of like face and shirt and like different parts and him standing, but it's far away. I, I like, I like that. Because it also feels true mm-hmm. to like a dream monster,
0: it does, yeah. And like the because he does like manipulate his body like with the long arms. Oh and my god, he's, the like, arms! Here I and there. hated the
1: long arms. I haven't seen <laughs> the It movies, but like very reminiscent from what I know of the It movies.
0: Oh, yes. Oh, that's so good. Yes, right. Uh, you're, you're you're killing it with all the comps uh, of this movie to other things. <laughs>
1: Um, I'm finally building up enough of a horror movie, like, encyclopedia now. You know, I can reference things.
0: <laughs> You're building up your stock images. Yeah.
1: <laughs> okay. I don't have any more scenes. What else do you have? Oh,
0: okay. Um, I wanted to talk about – so those are, like, the scariest moments of this. There was just some, like, scenes I want to talk about that were just, like, cool eerie. Okay. Um, I want to talk about the bathtub scene mm-hmm. with Nancy and we get like the glove coming through like between her legs and everything. Ugh. It was just Ugh. really, it was really cool listening, listening to them talk about how they did this stunt. Heather Langenkamp, who played Nancy said that this was actually her favorite scene to film. And so what they did was they, it was a set that they built and basically this bathtub bathroom was basically elevated and there was like an eight foot tank below them. Oh, That, that they had a stuntman in wearing scuba gear with like the freddy glove and everything and so he so that's how they did that part and <laughs> she said that uh basically like she was just like trying to like sit on a two by four and because like where her legs were it was it just went down into the tank so she had to like
1: oh my god be careful to
0: not like fall down into it or whatever and then when they cut to them underwater and her like struggling that's not heather Camp. that's actually the stunt the stunt man's girlfriend <laughs> did that for her. And oh. you you kind of see like this portal like up back to the bathtub. They shot this in a pool and they put like garbage bag tarps over the the top of the pool over the surface and just had a hole.
1: Oh. So that's creative. Yeah, they
0: said it is. It, Craven was saying that this was actually one of the most difficult things for them to do because they actually shot this after an after like a rat party that they had so he said they were all incredibly hung over getting that shot <laughs> <laughs> yeah i just want to talk about how i love the uh, ingenuity that they had doing that and everything but um the what do you think about the the johnny depp scene where like he gets sun- sunken into the to the bed and there's all that blood comes out that would, that would i know like so many people talk about that death from this movie
1: What's funny is, I think I've seen that clip before, but I had no memory of it when I started this movie. And even when it happened in this movie, I was like, huh. And then later, I was like, I think I've seen that clip before. This is why I don't <laughs> worry about getting spoiled because I don't remember this shit anyway. <laughs> like, I, <laughs> I want to go back and show it to my friends who don't like scary movies and be like, do you think this is scary? It's not scary. It's so ridiculous.
0: It is. It, it's so ridiculous. It's great. But I love that, like, even, like, the, the TV, like, goes the TV in with him and in. everything. I... Yeah, it's, it's great. It's like
1: Freddie just opens sinkholes in people's, like, beds and baths.
0: <laughs> hmm th- And it's funny because, like, when Johnny Depp is, like, screaming in it, I'm like, oh, that, that's the Johnny Depp voice that I know. Okay. Because it, <laughs> it kind of comes out a little bit more guttural there. <laughs> Because I mean, he sounds too, he sounds too normal in this movie compared to like you know how he, I don't, I always just think about Pirates of the Caribbean and how like, oh, ridiculous yeah, he I mean, sounds. That's so
1: long from now, yeah, yeah. I that scene was just so ridiculous that it was very it. You know what? It felt kind of like an Evil Dead death.
0: Yeah, which they're they sh- they show Evil Dead in this movie. That's what Nancy's watching when she's trying to stay awake. She's watching Evil Dead.
1: That's because Nancy's yeah, Nancy is like ready for this, which is so funny.
0: Yeah, and then uh, just because I know you haven't seen it, uh, Craven said that he did that as a nod to Sam Raimi because in The Evil Dead, they have a poster of one of Wes Craven's movies in it. So Oh, that was that's so like fun.
1: Little, I love that.
0: A little high five, yeah. Yeah,
1: <laughs> little high five near the buckets of blood.
0: They said it was 80 gallons, yeah. And Ugh. again, practical set. They just flipped the set upside down, nailed everything to To it, and then just did it that way. Yeah. I
1: mean, I love all the practical effects because not for a second did an effect like take me out of a scene.
0: Right. Yeah. Not at all.
1: And like, that's really hard to say.
0: Mm-hmm. Especially for a movie that's what almost f- is it almost forty years old now?
1: Yeah.
0: Oh my goodness! Wow, that's crazy. Although
1: I feel the same way about original Halloween, which is even older.
0: Right, but there aren't like crazy stunts, right? Like, That's true. Special this one is crazy
1: needed. stunts, and I love how they all look.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, it's it's so excellent. Everybody on this, and again, this only had a budget of like a million dollars in change. Like it's crazy. Like it, it, they just they they did so much with so little. Mm-hmm. I love it. And like you said, like the arms that like, really freaked you out. Yeah. <laughs> they were saying how they did that it's like oh this was like the cheapest thing that we did it's just like fishing poles and um and like two guys just yanked <laughs> two guys with like string just yanked their arms i mean across. that's great
1: because the effect is perfect it's totally yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: while we are talking about special effects how to had to talk about the the big one a lot of people talk about from this which is when uh, they're in Tina's house and Nancy's sleeping in her bedroom, and Freddie like pushes himself through the wall. Oh, and yeah, that was cool. That. So they they made this up on the spot. So <gasps> they originally wanted to do something different with the wall. Okay, couldn't he? But so their special effects guys was so like, "Hey, I know what we could do. I'm going. Go, I'm going to run to the store get some latex." And they did that. And this and that's actually the special effects guy going through the wall. That's, that's not Robert so England.
1: Cool. I love. And that.
0: they just did that on the fly. I think it's, and it it's so much better than probably what they had planned. I think
1: probably like, it's so simple, but it's just so creepy because it really is like Freddie is in and of everything, wherever he wants to be.
0: <laughs> it's so good. He's there. He's in your bed, sinking you in. Yeah, he could jump through mirrors.
1: Oh my God. It, yeah. I, I do. I really like that.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Super good. I, I feel like I just go on and on about the, the different effects and scenes in this. There's just so many to, to pick from. But yeah, so that's what I had on my list. Definitely the scariest the dream sequence at school, and then Tina's death shortly mm-hmm. followed by that.
1: And the stairs. I just the stair. It's so relatable. <laughs> I feel like I've seen that exactly in my dreams, running from someone before.
0: <laughs> they said that the to do that effect, it's it was like a mixture of pancake batter and oatmeal was what they used for that. Ew,
1: honestly, genius. Like it, it all it all works
0: it's so good
1: yeah i really i really over like i said overall really liked it the only thing i thought was off was the pacing where occasionally like my attention would lag and i'd be like what's on my phone which i don't usually do (laughs) which is why i make a note of it here
0: interesting okay hey it's it's totally fair would you like to move on to the message of the movie sure Alrighty, moving on to the messaging and interpretation that uh, of this movie that anything that we can take away from it, it's about how placing the fears of the movie or just like any sort of wacky tinfoil hat theory that we can have of this. I feel like that we've kind of said a lot too about our reads on certain things because it's like <laughs> one of those movies where it doesn't explicitly spell things out for you, which I really like. It, I feel like the obvious one is just about kind of I know we've talked about like parental abandonment, but I feel like a step back from that, or a level above that is just like the misgivings of like the prior generation affecting the next one, uh, which I feel like is super relatable today. But uh, it, things, things from like the prior generations past coming to haunt the new one. Um, and Craven talked a lot about that uh, in the commentary track and everything. But was there any other? messages or interpretations that you're walking away with this movie
1: i mean i think big picture like don't engage in mob justice because that person may become like a dream demon that hunts your children so oh, yeah you know definitely just don't do that
0: <laughs> i think it's in, it's in every parental book no mob justice because
1: i don't think they explicitly <laughs> child write hunting- it down I don't think they write it down. So we're going to explicitly say it here.
0: <laughs> Someone get me the book and we will prove it if it's in there or not.
1: We'll write a different kind of baby book.
0: <laughs> it's like the pros. I'm just like, it's like mob justice for dummies pros and cons. <laughs> yeah.
1: Don't do pros, it. You, you get
0: revenge. Cons dream demon for your children.
1: Totally possible.
0: <laughs> yeah, for sure. I I did like a lot about what this movie is kind of also saying about uh, it's like getting back to the, like the abandonment and like the misgivings of prior generations. But it's also kind of like saying there's also this message of addressing issues Mm -hmm. and like not just sweeping things under the rug. And Wes Craven gave like a really, cause he wrote this movie. So he had like this whole like vision of what he wanted for this. And, his explanation in the commentary was so good about how much of being asleep and awake are like metaphors for avoiding problems. Mm -hmm. And that if we are asleep or just sweeping issues under under the rug, that's when it will come back to bite us. But if we are awake, that's when we survive It's by addressing things much like how Nancy is. Mm -hmm. That's how she, that's how she is surviving by staying awake and, facing things head on and she and her parents who just want to sweep it under the rug would just want her to go to sleep and not think about it yeah so it, I, I really like that metaphor
1: and they're convinced or at least her mom is convinced she solved the problem there's no problem what are you talking about there's literally no problem and nancy's like there's still a problem people are dying and a mom is like mm-hmm. you just need some rest
0: yeah for sure pivoting a little bit because i do want to talk about our interpretations of the ending of the movie okay Cause they talked about how this was really contentious between Wes Craven and Robert Shay about like what they wanted to do for it. Cause the ending kind of leaves it kind of open ended a little bit about like how much of it was a dream. Is she, did Nancy actually survive this? Oh, I I felt pretty clear. Yeah. Yeah. I want to, I want to hear your take. My
1: last note was literally, they're all dead, right? (laughs) Literally all of them.
0: Which is like a really dark thing to have, especially when you th- when when like to to believe like the, your protagonist thinks that she's figured out how to defeat him was to just not give him any more power. And I know it's true it horror, out, true maybe horror. You give him all the like power. you
1: cannot win. Yeah, I love that ending. I love how they snap into this like everything is bright and they're both wearing white again with the theme of like white and innocent and like renewed or. Fresh, oh yeah, and her mom's like, I think I'm gonna stop drinking, and I was like, she's 100 percent dead. Yep, uh huh, she's dead. Nancy's dead. Yeah. They're all dead. And I was like, if they're not already dead, this car is about to eat them like a trash compactor. They're all dead.
2: <laughs> hmm.
0: Yeah. See, I, I, I think that's definitely a take the or a re that you can have on it. The the thing that like I almost wonder about like is. How much of this movie is reality? Like, mm. have they been in a dream or in purgatory this whole time? Or like is like the is that the whole thing that like maybe they were those children that Freddie did kill originally or whatever, but like the parents did enact revenge. And so like their consequences, like they're just living in like this loop, this purgatory oh. loop. Because cause I think like the book ending of the the girls playing jump rope is I think it's telling that like they're there at the beginning of the movie when nothing spooky is happening like they're just going to school and like nobody sees them or not acknowledges it but I think it's like interesting that they're there and then they're there also when it seems like a very dreamlike state anyways too so it's like was all of this a dream was all of this like a supernatural thing was any of this in real life I, don't, I, I think it leaves some room to play around with that idea
1: Yeah, that's interesting. I mean, I also kind of felt like the entire end could be its own dream, and, like, maybe that was Nancy dying, and, like, that is the the dream she has entered into.
0: Mm, Interesting. But it's, like, funny – not funny, but it's, like, her mom, like, dies twice. I don't know. It's (laughs) – I, I don't again, like maybe it's just like this like damnation thing. like well, we don't just, know what's like, real. Being tortured Like was maybe yeah. one of
1: them a hallucination or something? I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, it all happens really fast at the end there.
0: mm-hmm, it does. Uh, the thing that Wes Craven and Robert Shea argued the most about was the car. So like it pulls up Glenn's driving. Mm-hmm. Apparently the producer really wanted Freddie to be the one driving the car. And Wes Craven fought tooth and nail. He's like, no, absolutely not. He's, he wanted to leave it a little bit more ambiguous. So they, they compromised on having the, the red and green striped rooftop of the car come on.
1: Yeah, I prefer it this way. I feel like with Freddy driving, it would just be like, oh, so she's in the permanent nightmare. Okay, got it. Like, it would just be a sure thing. Yeah. Even as sure the- as I felt that, like, they're all dead. It's still, like, a question.
0: It is. It is. So it's, I don't know. I I like that it leaves room for interpretation. I like mm-hmm. both of our reads that we had on that. It does seriously make me question how much of this movie was real. Like, was any of it real? I mean, like, yeah, I think that's a great question. Real, like, I love it that. Yeah. I like And it.
1: like, how much of it was like Nancy hallucinating or Tina hallucinating? Yeah.
0: <laughs> right. Yeah. How much was it just them being crazy? Uh, it's cause like, cause I almost feel like the whole third act of the movie feels like a dream. Cause like mm-hmm. when she comes home and her mom, what her mom barred up the windows in what? An afternoon by herself. And yeah, great then point. her mom and her mom's also being so fucking weird about like, come to the basement with me, Nancy. Yeah, what and, was like, that? I'm going to show you this murder weapon. And like all of that felt like a dream. Like I had a hard time feeling this. And also like when she's screaming for help and nobody's coming, like how you talked about earlier, that does feel like a dream where like people aren't. That's like, responding true. Responding how they should be.
1: I felt so off with that final scene where she's screaming, and even the lieutenant is like, "Yeah, it's fine." And like, none of the people in the yard even look around, and you're like, "Why isn't everyone running over here?"
0: Yeah, it, it's it's that cop is such an asshole too. Although I I she even calls, "Get my dad, you assholes!" I love it.
1: Yeah, yeah, it's a good question of like, was was that real? What is real in this movie?
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I. It's a, i love movies that uh, allow you to just you, let you fill in the gaps
1: yeah was i there love anything movies else that wanna... are like what is reality it was this real <laughs> what was actually experienced what can we trust
0: and it's like fun i wonder what it would be like to like go into the movie with those different lenses if of going okay this time i am going to believe that mm. all of it is a dream and like just try to like pick like evidence supporting that i think it's kind of fun to do oh, that
1: that'd be interesting yeah i like that
0: so do you want to move on to the Cabin in the Woods trinket segment before we wrap things up? Sure. All right. Moving on to our final segment, the Cabin in the Woods trinket segment. What is a good movie prop or item from A Nightmare on Elm Street from 1984 that you put in the basement of the Cabin in the Woods to summon Freddy Krueger? For this, I like to do fun props. I try to not be super obvious. So, like, Of course, people might say like Freddy's hat or his glove hand or whatever. I feel like it's a little too obvious but uh for me uh, this is like a, a moment of unintentional comedy that i found in this but i i want to put down the extra coffee pot that or <laughs> coffee maker that nancy's hiding under her bed oh that's <laughs> really good
1: yeah i like
0: that <laughs> yeah so the extra coffee maker is what i'm putting down there
1: <laughs> okay i'm gonna say the alarm clock i like i like the the alarm clock
0: and she has like one of those old school ones. That's like the, like the She's little like setting ears, it. the hammer.
1: Yeah.
0: <laughs> that's so good. Uh, there's also like the caffeine pills, like the the stay oh, awake. Yeah, pills you mean or the like
1: over the counter meth that teens could just take in the '80s. <laughs>
0: <laughs> over the counter. <laughs> meth?
1: That's what it was. It was some kind of amphetamine. Like, oh my
0: god. <laughs> I also want to put down that survival book that Nancy had.
1: Yes, about like explosives and uh, IEDs.
0: (laughs) Yeah, so good.
1: (laughs) Back when I guess you could just buy those and be like, I'm just going to read this for fun.
0: For the record, I would be an awful person with like the, the light bulb grenade thing that she does because I would in 10 seconds forget. It's so dangerous. Just, just flip on the switch. It's so
1: dangerous. <laughs> I wouldn't try that one. I don't That's not that's not my jam.
0: <laughs> no, no, not at all. But yeah, I'm trying to think maybe one of like the, the bottles of vodka mm, that her mom mm-hmm. is just hiding everywhere that have them have them. Have them hidden in in the basement. Uh, that's kind of funny. I
1: mean, Johnny Depp's tiny T-shirt.
0: Oh yes, yes, the crop top. That's good. You're like, is that that's for good. a
1: haunted doll? No, that's for a boy. That's
0: <laughs> for a boy. Maybe uh, Rod's leather jacket.
1: Nice, yeah.
0: It's a good one. Mm-hmm. And then I also really like. Ooh, maybe just like Glenn's. Kind of like what Nancy finds them later. Maybe like Glenn's headphones that like even have his like name on them.
1: Oh yeah, that's really good and creepy. Cause what what happens when you plug them in? What do you hear?
0: You hear the Freddy song. Oh! One, two Freddy's <laughs> coming for you. Yeah.
1: Yeah, that's pretty scary.
0: Yeah. So uh I, I think I think that's what I have for, for, for my trinkets in the cabin in the woods. Yep, that's all I've got. Awesome. Well, this has been a awesome conversation i've been dying to do a nightmare on elm street for a long time so thank you for uh, watching this and and i'm I'm glad that you enjoyed it honestly uh nancy i think it's like a really cool final girl um Mm -hmm. i love the atmosphere of this movie and everything and surprisingly it's not like a huge body count in this movie it's really
1: not it's lower than i thought
0: yeah so um well, thank you, Orlean, for uh, watching this and discussing it with me. I had so much fun doing this. Thank you, everybody, for listening. I want to shout out to patrons, Jshur, Tiffany, and James. You guys are awesome. And um, i trying to think what else. Be sure to follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Brooker Horror and also TikTok at Brooker Horror. Orlean, where can people find you?
1: They can find me at Spooky Orlean on Twitter and Instagram. And I just joined Letterboxd at Orlean these, S-E-E-S, so I can start to log my controversial movie opinions.
0: Yes. Okay. H- have you logged uh, A Nightmare on Elm Street yet?
1: Not yet. I I don't know what my review, my concise letterbox review is yet, but I'm going to say it's like three and a half stars, maybe four.
0: Okay. Okay. Four. Four. Pretty yeah. solid. Cool. All right. All right. <laughs> Awesome. Well, this is. Uh, I've had. I've had a great time. Everybody, thank you for listening. Be sure to share with friends and family. Watch some good movies, and we'll see you next time. Bye.
1: Bye.